0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Wolves. We're only one day away from the NBA draft. A couple more Timberwolves rumors concerning trades to talk about. And then also an update to my Locked on Wolves big board. What are the Wolves most likely to do in draft end? We're going to talk about all that here today on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. And uh, plenty to talk about as we get ready. This is the day before. This is draft eve, the day before the NBA draft. Thank you, first of all, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. You can listen on uh, you can listen on Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on T-Wolves. It's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. You could also follow me on Twitter, at, at Beacon. excuse me, with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, uh, today, plenty to talk about. We're going to start with... Uh, some additional Timberwolves draft rumors, the rumors surrounding the Wolves potentially looking for a center to pair with Carl Anthony Towns. How likely is that to happen um, and, and how will they potentially fulfill that? Is it trade? Is it draft? Is it free agency? We touched on this a little bit on Tuesday, but there's, there's some additional context to that rumor here. And then I, I do want to get to my big board again and go back through uh, kind of where we're at um, now in terms of my, my update my version two of my big board here the day before the draft. So first let's start with the center discussion. Um, Of course there was a Clint Capella rumor over the weekend, or I guess on Monday from Shams Sharani of the athletic talking about the Wolves kicking the tires on Clint Capella with the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta is open to trading him. They're of course also open to trading John Collins. Um, And, but Shams said that the Wolves were also interested in some other centers had been calling around the league in search of a veteran center and not necessarily, A backup type, right? Not necessarily somebody to play behind Carl Anthony Towns, but somebody that could play with Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, our own Matt Moore, one of the hosts of Lockdown Nuggets, was hosting Lockdown NBA with David Ramil, who's also of Lockdown Heat. And this was, I believe this was Wednesday's show. Um, And they had a, a discussion towards the end of the program about the Timberwolves. And Matt Moore mentioned that he'd heard that the Wolves were similar to Shams' report. That they were calling around on other veteran centers. But one other name that he mentioned that they, they definitely did call on as well is Rudy Gobert of the Utah jazz, of course. Uh, and Matt mentions this too, the league kind of at this point assumptions, maybe a strong word, but there's a strong feeling that the Chicago bulls are the front runner for Rudy Gobert's services. If Utah does indeed trade him, which they're also training in that direction. Um, and trading him to the Wolves would be a bit of a surprise, a division rival, a team with one of the top three centers in the league. Uh, Towns had a better year than Rudy Gobert. He was better this season than Rudy Gobert was. Uh, but it's also an intriguing thing to consider. Before we even get to what the trade could look like, which is, the, in my opinion, the most difficult thing, the fit of Gobert and Towns is super interesting because obviously the biggest issue with Utah and the biggest issue with Gobert is he's so limited offensively. He, in theory, is a good pick and roll big. He doesn't have great hands. He obviously does not space the floor at all. He's very limited in what you could do with him offensively. Um, but he's so good on defense still and and is still one of the best defensive players, you know, full stop, regardless of position that pairing him with Towns would be really intriguing because couldn't you just use Rudy Gobert similar to how the Timberwolves have used Jared Vanderbilt and uh, basically put him in the dunker spot let him you know screen and roll a little bit defensively I, I mean so i think this could work because Gobert is so good defensively my only concern and this this goes for for the overall idea of pairing a center with Carl anthony Towns my biggest concern is that if part of the reason to do this is to help take some of the burden off Carlton Towns defensively and, and his foul trouble issues. I don't know that this necessarily does that because Cat still ends up on the perimeter in switches and pick and roll game or playing the high wall coverage on the perimeter. And how often is he picking up a foul, being overly aggressive on the perimeter or you know, silly foul 15, 20 feet from the basket or frankly, a huge chunk of his fouls this year, something like a third of them were offensive fouls. So taking away the rim protection responsibility or at least diminishing what you're relying on him for I You know, it might help a little, maybe it's a half a foul a game, which I guess over the course of the season, that really matters. It does add up. But I don't know that it accomplishes that entirely, uh, you know, as you might assume, as anyone might assume on its face, right? And again, it really limits you offensively. I, at, at the same time, as I uh, talked about this on Tuesday, so does Jared Vanderbilt, uh, right? I mean, he also limits you offensively. He functionally is a five-on offense. But my concern with some of the other bigs, Clint Capella being one of them, is like in Capella's case, he's a very good rebounder. He's not an outstanding rim protector. He's I'd put him in a similar category, a little bit better than Towns at blocking shots, but he's not Rudy Gobert. He's also not nearly as switchable as as somebody like, uh, well, he's not switchable really. Gobert and Towns are both switchable enough and can get out and play high wall coverage. I think a little better than Clint Capella. Um, And Gobert's length obviously helps. He's a massive player. He's bigger than Capella and Towns. So I think Gobert is actually a better fit for the Wolves than Capella. I just think that the trade match, both in terms of the fact they're in the same division and also what are the Jazz looking for to pair with Donovan Mitchell, that could be trickier than getting Capella as well. I don't think the Wolves get either player. I'd be really surprised if they traded for a high-caliber center. I think the most likely scenario is they sit at 19, and they draft a, a Walker Kessler or something. We talked about him just the other day. Um, and if that's the route they want to go, or we also talked about free agent centers, JaVel McGee is somebody with Tim Connolly history, who I think could be a good fit in Minnesota. Uh, there's a variety of other backup type guys who could also play with Towns. Because as I talked about Tuesday, I don't love the idea of playing these guys long minutes with Towns. I, I know that there's players that have replicated uh, what centers do offensively. And in some cases, defensively in the past. But because of their size, they've been a bit more versatile. And, and somebody like a, um, you know, well, a Clint Capella. I, I just don't know that the that there's long minutes where that makes sense. The only example really in Timberwolves history where somebody with that size and limited offensive skill set at the time played that much next to Towns would be Gorgie Jang, who did that the first Tom Thibodeau year. Uh, he was a, a full-time starter. And then and then the Wolves got Taj Gibson the next year. Gorgie moved back to the bench. Um, And Gorgie was, was good that full year when he, he essentially played power forward next to Towns. This was also, this was before Gorgie shot threes at all and early in Towns three-point shooting career, if you will, when he first started to shoot more threes and it worked pretty well. I mean, the Wolves were in a playoff team that year. They also didn't have Jimmy Butler that season. Um, But I I think in general, we just don't have, um, it's not like pairing Towns with a, with a, with essentially a five, we don't have that. Long of a track record of results from it, uh, at least of success, and, and you can't really point to it and say it hasn't worked. It's just, uh, it's just what a different a different approach to roster building than certainly what Gerson Rosas had, and and different than what Tom Thibodeau tried to do generally uh, before. Obviously, Thibodeau acquired uh, Taj Gibson, who plays a little bit like a five. Um, all that to say, I, I just don't know that this is the right or wrong answer. We just don't know. My thing with with the whole idea of playing a center next to Towns is how, how the Timberwolves are applying assets. I think that that matters the most to me. So if you're standing pat and drafting Walker Kessler, a seven-footer at at 19, that could work. If you're adding Javelle McGee, Bismack, Biombo, somebody who could play you know, 12, 14 minutes a game at the five and play a handful of minutes a game next to Towns as well, um, I think that's better asset allocation than than trading. The Wolves don't have that many actual trade assets that they're willing to trade, are you going to pony up for Clint Capella or Rudy Gobert? If the Wolves traded for Rudy Gobert, you'd have to include DeAngelo Russell, and obviously, and the, I'm sure the Wolves would do that. But my guess is that that phone call stopped when the Jazz said, "No, we don't want to play DeAngelo Russell next to Donovan Mitchell. That'd be a nightmare defensively. They duplicate each other a little bit too much offensively. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell gets to the rim a little bit better, um, and as a uh, you know, I would say DeLo a better jump shooter than Mitchell. But um, you know, that, that doesn't make a ton of sense. And how else are the Wolves going to get there money wise unless you have a third team? And is Utah really excited to trade him to the Timberwolves? I just don't think that happens. It's fascinating that they called because I think if if they did essentially a D-Logo Bear straight-up trade, there's probably another piece or two involved, but the salary's close. Um, I, You know, the Wolves would do that clearly utah wouldn't that that's kind of that's kind of my thought with that so when it comes to pairing a center and i want to talk a little bit more about this when we get back to the big board because i mentioned walker kessler i think he's a legitimate option at 19 for the wolves because of all the comments connelly's made about playing towns more at the four about how towns can play with another big he said this publicly in the media um so walker kessler is a name you have to look out for he's a legit rim protector It's somebody that you could play minutes next to towns um you know, this, this year, if you really wanted to. So, uh, a name to keep an eye on for sure. Obviously the center trade market is something to watch. There's another player who I want to talk about as a potential trade, trade, uh, uh, target this week for the Timberwolves who was mentioned on a bleacher report article, I think would be a fascinating match. We've talked about him in the past, but not recently. And then we'll close with looking back at the big board. Once again, uh, first a reminder about our live NBA draft show on Thursday, Lockdown is going live um, and all of the hosts will be going on that show live on Thursday following their pick. But one live draft show is not enough for Lockdown. Every show will be live on draft night. That includes me and Lockdown Wolves will be going live 15 minutes after the pick at Lockdown Wolves on YouTube. I'm going to go on the the ultimate, uh, the Lockdown live show and then I'll be doing a live YouTube show, Lockdown Wolves on Thursday on YouTube for the immediate reaction. Subscribe now to Lockdown Wolves on YouTube so you'll know when I go live on Thursday evening. All right, uh, let's talk about our friends at Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball, and more. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, Plus, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Let's talk a little bit about, about Jeremy Grant. So he's a name, obviously the Wolves were interested in him and restricted free agency a couple of years ago. He ends up in Detroit with the sign and trade with Denver. Going back to when he was in Denver, the Wolves had interest. Obviously Tim Connolly has history trading for him, acquiring him from the Thunder, getting him with the Nuggets, and then signing and trading him to Detroit. He would actually, we've talked about this plenty of times on this show. He's a fantastic fit for the Wolves. This would obviously be a different direction than bringing in another center to play with Carl Anthony Towns. You'd be finding essentially a four, uh, switchable, could guard multiple positions, could be a three and D type guy. And uh, that's just a different approach, right? It's the more traditional approach, if you will. It's the approach that I would be taking if I were the Wolves. Finding that, you know, that a perfect maybe isn't the right word, but but maybe perfect. The, the near perfect fit next to Carl Anthony Towns as somebody who's a four— Um, and also could play some small ball five if he wanted him to. I mean, Jeremy Grant's a legit 6'8", 6'9", with an impressive wingspan. He bounced back uh, a little bit last year in terms of his overall efficiency. Um, The three-point shooting for his career is 35%. He had the year in Oklahoma City that was 39%, 39% in Denver. Can guard multiple positions, has a higher usage role in Detroit, but if he came to Minnesota, he would be used a lot more like uh, like how Denver used him next to Nikola Jokic back in the 1920 season. Of course, that was Denver's uh, conference finals year as well uh, in the bubble when Jeremy Grant was with Denver. So Connolly has a positive history with Jeremy Grant. Grant's best seasons were his you know his years in OKC and then also that year in Denver. He's still only going to be 28 years old this year. And I mean, if you look at the scoring average, obviously that's way up in Detroit because the Pistons are bad and he was one of the focal points of what they were doing. But you put him more into a third or fourth Fiddle type role, um, he's gonna f- he would fit in quite nicely in Minnesota. He played more three and more of a distributor role as well. He had a career high and assist rate uh, a couple of years ago in Detroit, and he'd move back into that uh, you know like I said third wheel type role in Minnesota if the Wolves were to acquire him. Bleacher Report has this article about realistic trades we could see this week. This is Greg Swartz over at Bleacher Report, and he has as a potential trade package for Jeremy Grant. He's got Malik Beasley, Nas Reed, and the 40th pick. Of course, the Wolves, the best of the Wolves second round picks, going to Detroit. If that's on the table, and I'm Minnesota, I do that in an absolute heartbeat. Malik Beasley, Nas Reed, and the 40th pick for Jeremy Grant. I would absolutely do that immediately if that were on the table. Um, I would imagine that Detroit's wanting more than that. Now, keep in mind, this is also the last year on Jeremy Grant deal. He makes about $20.9 million, just under $21 million this season. Uh, but he'll be a free agent next offseason. So that's, you know, it, it's not a lot. Malik Beasley has the player option after this year anyway. So the Wolves, I guess you're, you're using that trade asset because otherwise he would still be tradable. You pick up the option, he's tradable as an expiring deal next summer, even at the deadline this year if the fit isn't perfect. Uh, moving forward for Malik, if he continues to struggle coming off the bench with this team, um, so I guess you're kind of burning that trade asset for one year of Jeremy Grant, Nas Reed. There's the team option that they'll pick up. He's a he's a great deal in terms of his his contract, right? That the the value is there. He's a very a good backup, but does he fit what the Wolves are trying to do? It certainly seems like Tim Connolly's looking for a different prototype of center to put behind Carlton Towns potentially with Carlton Towns. Nas does not fit that mold. So if we're using that as an indication, he's looking for fives anyway. Then Beasley plus Nas plus one of your second rounders—that's a completely reasonable trade package. You're essentially roster balancing there by trading a wing in Malik Beasley. You've got plenty of them for Jeremy Grant. Then you slide—you you, know—you obviously either still acquire, you draft a wing at 19, perhaps Ochai Obaji falls, or you trade up for him, or maybe Jalen Noel gets more minutes. You find somebody with the mid-level exception. You could backfill Beasley's rotation spot decently well and replicate that skill set because remember when the wolf signed beasley to the extension anthony edwards wasn't on this team yet and and now the skill set's a little bit not that it's the same they're obviously not the same player but at that position beasley's minutes went way down he had a bad year last year we all know that so here you trade beasley nas Reed the in this case the 40th pick to the pistons for jeremy grant i'd even do it for two second round picks because i think grant's that good of a fit with minnesota and again, I think there's enough depth on this roster. I think Jalen Noel could play the Malik Beasley role quite well. And for some insurance, it's probably a mid-level exception type uh, you know, pickup. You find somebody that can be a little bit better defensively than Jalen Noel. Well. So you have that option off the bench, but I really like Jeremy Grant as an option. That's a trade again, as mentioned by, by Swartz at Bleacher Report, it could go down this week. And Jeremy Grant is, uh, this is not necessarily, I should be clear. This is not necessarily a sourced rumor that, Hey, they're having these talks, but Jonathan Gavani at ESPN did say that Jeremy Grant is widely expected to be on the move this summer. That's the direct quote, widely expected to be on the move this summer. Um, in his, one of his recent mock drafts and, uh, I mean, hey, if Jeremy Grant's expected to be on the move, if the Pistons are trying to capitalize on the move on on him as he enters his last year of his contract, then this would be a great deal for Minnesota. I, I don't from the Pistons motivation, I don't know what Malik Beasley gets you except for the opportunity to then flip him for somebody else. I don't know that the Pistons are trying to win this year with Malik Beasley alongside Kate Cunningham and Killian Hayes. Uh, it doesn't make a a ton of sense to me, unless they they want to see how the pairing works, and then they could trade Beasley at the deadline or something. Assuming they're not in the playoff race, uh Nas Reed, you know, obviously adds uh add some additional depth, and of course the Pistons would love a pick. That's why I think they'd probably ask for two second rounders here, um, but it's a possibility, right? And, and Jeremy Grant is a perfect fit. That's the way that I would go about adding to this roster. Is I'd look for that perfect fit at the four because you still have Jared Vanderbilt, right? In this scenario, Vando's essentially your at the moment, he would be your backup four and five. You just need to acquire another center, JaVale McGee, Bismack Biombo, some of the other free agent names I've talked about. Uh, but Jeremy Grant as a trade target is super attractive in my mind. Okay, let's close the show today by talking about, I, I wanna breeze through some of the updates to my big board and kind of tease what we'll talk about Thursday, as well as some of the, the general, uh, the, the mock drafts from other sites around the web, what people are saying about what the Timberwolves might do at 19. And then on Thursday show, of course, the last show, the morning of the draft, I want to go through my final big board and highlight players that I think the Wolves could trade up for, could fall to 19, or they might trade back for. So we're going to do all that here next. First, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. You know how our friends at Built Bar are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Well, this time, Built has truly outdone themselves with their new Mud Pie flavor. For the first time ever, Built is introducing the new Mud Pie flavor in both the regular Mud Pie Bar and the Mud Pie Puff Bilt Bar. If you're not sure what mud pie tastes like, if you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this. The new mud pie is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse, smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. You've got to try mud pie as soon as possible, and you need to hurry because the mud pie bar and mud pie puff are only available for a limited time. Visit built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. If you're not convinced, guess what? It's actually good for you. Seriously, all built products are low-calories, high-protein, and low-sugar. Mud pie is packed with 16 grams of protein and only 150 calories, just 8 grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy chocolate mud pie and wrapped it up just for you. But you got to hurry. They're going fast. They're delicious, and they're available for a limited time. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, so they're healthy and tasty. All the bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you chocolate mousse, whipped cream, cookies and cream crumble. Stop drooling. Get to Built.com now to order your box of mud pie bars and puffs. You won't regret it. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your quarter your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, real quickly, uh, in terms of where other mock drafts have the Timberwolves, or who I should say they have the Timberwolves selecting at 19, I want to quickly spin through this. Actually, Timberwolves.com compiled these, nine of the the biggest mock drafts from around the internet, what what they're saying. There's like four of them that have the Wolves taking Ty Ty Washington Jr. We talked about him on Tuesday's show. The guard out of Kentucky, more of a combo guard, can play on or off the ball. I have some concerns with his uh, the consistency and, and range on his jumper, and, uh, you know, the upside and also athleticism defensively. I have some concerns with pairing him. You know, if Delo's not traded, you're, I don't know that he fits well with D'Angelo Russell and the players the Wolves already have in the backcourt. But I've got him right around that range on my board. If he's there at 19, I think he'd be a fine pick. A lot of teams, or a lot of mock drafts, I should say, are expecting him to be a possibility for the Wolves at 19, assuming that D'Angelo Russell is traded. Um, some other names we've talked about here. Blake Wesley, we talked about briefly. I I think, I don't think he's a high enough Uh, I I think he reminds me a lot of Josh Kogi. So again, would be an okay pick at 19. I think you could do better at 19 if you're the Wolves. Nikola Jovic, uh, kind of a stretch for really big size. I I actually didn't have him in my top 22. I I don't love the fit with Minnesota, actually. I I think he'd be a little bit too raw and needs the ball in his hands a little bit too much to be who you'd want to put next to Carl Anthony Towns. A couple players I really like, EJ Liddell of Ohio State. We talked about him. I had him by the way, we'll get to my big board in a second. I bumped him up even further. He's likely going to go before 19, but if he's there, I think the Wolves have to look at taking him. Uh, a guy we we just talked about, Walker Kessler, the, the center out of Auburn, um, I think he's a real possibility for the Wolves at 19. I, I could definitely see that, given all the smoke around the Timberwolves looking at, at drafting a, or trading for a center, you'd have to consider Kessler at 19 a, as a possibility. And then a name we haven't talked about that. I don't have anywhere near my top 22 is Wendell Moore of Duke. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's another one of those kind of lower ceiling, well-rounded type guys that can do multiple things, 6'5, six, five more of a combo forward type guy. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's a passer. He's a transition player. There's some hope that his jumper is going to be really good. A high effort type guy, uh, you know, I think he'd fit the Wolves. I think you could do better with some higher upside at 19, more of a sure thing at 19. If they end up trading back for whatever reason, I think he's a, a real option. I think he does fit the Wolves roster and what they're trying to do with this, with the roster. Um, but at 19, I think you could find that you can make a better selection than, than Wendell Moore. Okay, so edits to my big board. Uh, I just want to talk about guys who I have on the move on my big board. And then again, Thursday, I'm going to pull out probably seven guys that I really like as trade up Sit still at 19 or trade back options. Um, I, I, and I guess this will kind of tip my hand a little bit about who I want to focus on on Thursday's show. But I have Benedict Matherin moving up my board. You know, he's obviously going to be nowhere near number 19, he's going to be a a mid lottery, high lottery pick. I had him, I think, seven or eight on my original board. Seven, I have him at five. I really like Benedict Matherin. And and if the Wolves were to somehow like really say he falls to seven or eight and the Wolves like him as much as I do. I think he's somebody you have to consider trading up for. I think Ben, we'll talk more about him Thursday, but I think Matherin is just a really well-rounded, you know, great cutter, great shooter, good de- defensive player, doesn't need to be a high usage guy. I think he'd be, which I know is weird to draft that in the lottery to pick somebody who's not going to necessarily be high usage, but the Wolves have their two stars. They have Carl Anthony Towns, they have Anthony Edwards. That's why Matherin would be a perfect potential third wheel moving forward for the Timberwolves. Um, I have Ochai Obaji again, higher than a lot of people have him. I have him rising up my board. I have Jeremy so- Sohan uh, uh, rising up my board a little bit. Tari Eason, again, I had higher than a lot of people, continues to rise up my board. Jalen Duran I have going higher, especially knowing that the Wolves are really interested in, in potentially pairing a seven-footer with Karl Towns. Durin is a guy who's... There's just a ton of upside there, and I think he could step in from day one and be really good defensively. He's he's just shy of seven feet. He's seven five wingspan, uh, an amazing rim protector. Can play multiple pick and roll coverages, uh, but in an NBA offense, he didn't play that much pick and roll at Memphis. I think he could be really good offensively in the pick and roll. I think he's got good enough hands to be effective there. Uh, better hands than Vanderbilt or say Rudy Gobert, for instance and uh, a good passer, high basketball IQ. I really like Jalen durin as kind of a, a mid-first round, you know, slight trade-up possibility for the Wolves. I don't think he falls to 19. E.J. Liddell continues to rise my board, uh, rise up my board. And then I also more seriously want to consider Walker Kessler, given this consistent trickle of information um, that the Wolves are really seriously looking at bringing in a, a five to play with Carl Anthony Towns. And I think Kessler is a guy, you know, Mark Williams is the only other seven-footer that's likely to be to be gone in the first 20 picks of this draft. I don't think he's there at 19. And I like Kessler almost as much as a prospect, at least in terms of a fit with Minnesota. So, you know, Mark Williams is worth a consideration, but he's not somebody the Wolves are going to trade up and, and go get necessarily. Um, so I want to pull out some of those names I just talked about and and talk more about why my board looks the way it does now on Thursday. Um, as we get ready for the draft, obviously, if there's any rumors here today on Wednesday, we'll talk about those as well. And then Thursday night, the Lockdown NBA live draft show. You can find that anywhere on, on Lockdown's uh, channels. You can find it um, uh, on the Lockdown YouTube channel will be live. Yours truly will be on there after the Wolves pick. And then we'll go live here at the Lockdown Wolves YouTube channel about 15 minutes after the Wolves pick at 19 or if they trade up after that selection and then we'll do a full show following the conclusion of the draft, whatever the Wolves do with their three-second round picks. We'll do a full show that'll post late Thursday that will serve as Friday's episode. So tons of content, the Locked On show, my live show here at Locked Dead Wolves on Thursday, and then the full episode that will air on YouTube and then also on all the audio channels as well, late Thursday as well. So be sure to, to tune in to all your Locked On Wolves coverage on Thursday evening. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. Thanks again for tuning in and listening to Lockdown Wolves for making us your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms: Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Lockdown Wolves. Of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked on Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Um, And I talked about all the shows on Thursday. In the meantime, prepare for the draft by listening to the Lockdown Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Uh, I believe the final episode airs today on Wednesday. The episode with yours truly was on Tuesday, making the pick at 19. Um, You can search now for the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft to get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Lockdown NBA Big Board, The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is well underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today as you prepare for Thursday night's main event. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.